You're listening to the Sex Life Unleashed podcast, the show that combines personal development strategies and practical advice to unleash your sex life. I'm Dr. Stephen DeWitt, and with over a decade of experience as a sexologist, I've helped hundreds of women create the best sex of their lives, and I want to do the same for you. If you want to turn obstacles into opportunities, and hopefully into some amazing orgasms, you're in the right place, because the best sex of your life is still to come. Hey, it's Dr. DeWitt here, and I'll get into the episode in one second. But if you want to create a great sex life this year, the waitlist is open for the Sex Life Unleashed Academy. In the Academy, you will go from feeling stuck and frustrated with your sex life to feeling confident and empowered as you learn how to move past the past, find your voice, and design, discover, and create the sex life of your dreams. In this 12-week online course, you will be supported by a community of like-minded women, and I'd love for you to be part of it. You can get on the waitlist by visiting sexlifeunleashed.com slash waitlist, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. Now, let's get on with the episode. The seven most common challenges, this is what we're going to be focusing on today. And I want you to listen to this episode from a couple places. I'm creating this because I want you to feel that you're not alone. That if you are in that place where you're stuck and you don't know which way to go and you don't have anyone to share with, it's okay. This is a safe space for you to be, to show up however you are in life. In this time that we have on the planet, chances are we're going to struggle with our sex life at one time or another. It's just part of the human experience. Take, for example, driving a car. If you were never taught how to drive a car, you never taught about seatbelts, about airbags, about turn signals, about stoplights, about watching for pedestrians or other vehicles, and you were just thrown into a car and been like, go you'd probably have some challenges around that. You'd probably struggle with that. But for so many of us, that's what sex is like. We're not taught about safety. We're not taught about how to navigate things, how to deal with challenges when they do come up, how to figure things out. We're just thrown in and be like, don't do this. It's like you throw it in cars, don't hit other cars. Don't hit pedestrians. That's it. We're not taught about the subtleties, the intricacies, the complications, the challenges that can come up in our sex lives. So it's okay. If you hear yourself in this, you are okay. You are in the right place. So with that, let's jump right in. These are the seven most common challenges. Now, they're not in level of importance or ratings or anything else like that. It's just I went through my files, some of the conversations that I've had with women over the last couple months, and it was like, oh, yeah, this comes up again and again and again. So the number one challenge that I have is being up in your head. You're up there. You're thinking. You're worrying. You're contemplating. You're not sure if this is the right person for you, if this is the right time for you. Heck, if this is the right position for you. 
you're thinking about what the future could hold. You're thinking about having to do the laundry. You're thinking about when you're going to pick up the kids next. You're thinking about, hey, maybe this isn't the person that I'm supposed to be with. Whatever it is, but you're not present with your partner. You're not connected to your body. You're thinking about something else. You're up in your head. Now, this comes up again and again and again for me. I think of an example. I had a woman reach out to me on Instagram, and she was sharing with me how she doesn't like having sex with her partner. And she used to like having sex with her partner, but she doesn't like having sex anymore. So one of the processes that I go through is going back to that time where she can remember where that shifted. And for her, there was a significant break in trust inside of that relationship. Um, It wasn't infidelity, but it was significant. And her partner had lied to her. And then from that moment on, she did not feel connected. She did not feel safe. She did not trust her partner. And then expected that the sex was going to be amazing or continue to be really good or continue to be really exciting or fun or kinky. And that's just not the case. Sex is a symptom of what's going on in your relationship. So if things aren't working with your partner, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to think that things are going to be working out in the bedroom or the bathroom or the kitchen or outside or wherever you like to have sex. She was up in her head worrying about, hey, he violated my trust here is he going to violate my trust in other places i don't feel connected to him there has to be some healing that happens first now as i give specific examples you may see yourself in it but you may not the common theme is being up in your head over analyzing thinking worrying could be about your body What are they thinking about my body? Is this too big? Is this too small? Is this too wet? Does this smell this way? Whatever it is. When you're up in your head, you're not in your body and you're not connected to your partner. And more importantly, you're not connected to yourself. The next common challenge is a disconnection to your own pleasure and your own desires. And that can come from a number of places. One of the most common places that I find women struggle with is not being given permission to explore your own pleasure. What really works for you? What turns you on? Now, that could have been through your family upbringing, through culture, through education or miseducation or religion that you just don't know what works for you. So you just default to what your partner likes or your partner wants. You've never been given agency, never been given permission to say, hey, this is what I like, or hey, this is what I don't like. And so you just go through life being like, oh, well, uh, this is what I'm supposed to do, or this is what I think I'm supposed to do. Another place where being disconnected from your pleasure and your desires comes from is kind of built off the first one of just not having that permission or that agency to discover that. The next natural progression from that place is just having sex to please your partner, doing it for their pleasure, doing it for their ego stroke, doing it because that's something that they want or something that turns them on, something that has them aroused, rather than you coming from a place of being turned on and aroused. 
being really excited. You know, that beautiful place before you're having sex when you're flirting ahead of time or sexting ahead of time and building that sexual tension and you're super aroused, you're super wet, you're super excited. That's the juiciness, no pun intended, about that sexual adventure, that sexual connection that you're going to have with your partner. But for so many women, that's missing. It's all about their partner. It's all about what they want. It's, I need to do this because I want to be a good girlfriend. I want to be a good wife. I want to be seen as sexy or sexual. But being devoid of that beautiful connection with yourself and that lack of awareness of what you want, what you like, and being given that acceptance for who you are as a human being, who you are as a woman, to be able to go in and navigate that space and be heard and to be respected and to be loved because of you as a sexual human being. Another common challenge, number three, is discomfort and pain. Now, this makes me wince. The number of women who reach out to me and say, hey, Stephen, this is what's going on and I'm not getting wet, I'm not lubricating, it's painful, or this position really doesn't work for me. Our bodies are finely tuned machine. Your body is calibrated and is set up to have sex when you are feeling safe, when you are feeling respected, when you are feeling turned on, when you feel good about that. Your body does not respond the way you'd like it to in a sexual situation if you don't feel that safety, that respect, that honesty, that trust, that love, that fun, that hotness, that kinkiness, whatever it is for you, fill in the blank. I once had a client that I worked with and we started working on She's like, Stephen, I'm experiencing a lot of pain when I'm having sex. And, and so went a little bit deeper and asked some more questions around that. And this is a brilliant woman, a fascinating, powerful woman. And she was in a abusive relationship and she couldn't see it. It was verbally abusive. Her partner at the time had addiction issues and she was on a constant state of high alert and threat from her partner. But she couldn't see that. It just showed up as pain and discomfort because she wasn't turned on, she wasn't lubricating, and she wasn't in that place to be sexual with her partner. And so often this can show up in many, many different ways. And sometimes it's just a position. Like how you're built, how your vagina is built, where your cervix is, and then your partner, if you're having penetrative sex, that could be really painful. Or it could be super sensitive. But you don't want to seem demanding. You don't want to interrupt the flow. You don't want to be that woman that stops things or slows things down or, God forbid, tells your partner that it's not feeling good. So discomfort and pain can show up that way as well. Another common challenge is guilt and shame in wanting or focusing on sex. Spending time having conversations about it. 
God forbid you were raised that you are a proper woman that you shouldn't think about these things. You shouldn't spend time about these things. You shouldn't talk about these things. Now, you may be one of those few people who are raised in a sex-positive environment and you were given permission to talk, to ask, to have those deeper conversations about sex and sexuality. But for the vast majority of us, we weren't given permission. That's bad. You shouldn't be thinking about, are you listening to a sex podcast right now? Oh my goodness. If your grandmother knew that you were listening to a sex podcast, not only a sex podcast, but a sex podcast where a man is speaking to you about sex. Oh my goodness. I know there's a lot of gmas out there that would not be happy. Heck, my grandmother probably, she's looking down, bless her soul, both of my grandmothers, you know, they probably wouldn't be happy that I was doing this right now because culturally that wasn't accessible to us. And so as a woman thinking about focusing on improving that, well, what kind of woman does that? All the negative words and names that either you've been called or you've called other women in your life, maybe not now because I like to think we've come a long way and evolved from that point. But there is that guilt and shame of like, oh, I should be focused on more important things. Heck, you should be improving your finances. You should be improving your physical health, your body. You should be improving your education. But, oh my goodness, you can't tell people that you're actually working on your sex life. Because then you'd be one of those women. The fifth most common challenge that I come across is around communication. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that communication is my jam. It is the source of great sex. But when and how to have conversations about sex or becoming sexual with a partner? How do you have that conversation without, number one, having that person think that that's an invitation to have sex with you or to have it go into a sexual, sexting, show me your boobs kind of conversation, number one. Or number two, how do you have a conversation with a partner where it's not you blaming your partner or your partner doesn't take it as you blaming them? Because... Quite frankly, we are very sensitive about sex. If we're not being called a sex goddess or a sex god, it can be really confronting. So there's a lot of women say, hey, Stephen, I'd like to take this. My partner doesn't want to hear about it. They shut me down. They avoid it. We get in fights. We get in the same conversation again and again and again. How do I have that conversation with my partner? How do I get to that place where they feel comfortable in sharing with me? What's going on? And I came across this great quote. Stephen Covey has his best-selling book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The fifth habit in his book, he says, it's critical. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I really encourage you to just add a word and seek first to understand yourself, then to be understood. Seek first to understand yourself, then to be understood. So if we tie that back into what we were talking about before of how to have those conversations, when to have that, how to own that. When you understand yourself, when you have that groundedness, that security, that confidence in yourself, it's just like anything else that you talk about with someone. 
You know, you talk about the type of food you like. You like spicy food. You don't like pizza. You like sushi. You're going to go eat together. Whatever that is, it's just natural. It flows off of your tongue. It's easy to have that conversation because it's just like, hey, this is what it is. And when you're grounded with yourself, those conversations about sex become so much easier to navigate. You can set those boundaries. You can check in with your partner. You can check out if you're, this is someone new that you're exploring with and they're not respecting that conversation. It becomes so much easier. And when you are responsible for yourself, when you do have that deep level of sexual self-awareness, that concept of your partner feeling blamed or their ego being hurt, that dissipates so quickly because you've done your own work. You've traveled your own journey. You understand what's there for yourself. And because of that, you can hold space for, you can be sensitive to, you can hear what's in the unsaid that's happening for your partner and check in with them. So communication and conversation is so, so important. Another common challenge is mismatched sex drive or interests. You have someone that you're connecting sexually with. This could be a husband, a partner of yours. This could be a hookup. This could be a fuck buddy. And you're just not on the same page. And that could show up like a lot of things. That could show up as wanting to have less sex than them. They want to have more or vice versa. You want more sex and they don't want that sex. And oh my goodness, you're one of those women who wants more sex than your partner? Man, the labels, the things that come up. Maybe you're a sex addict. Oh my goodness. There's just so much gravitas that's labeled to a woman who wants sex, wants a lot of sex, or wants more sex than their partner. It could be mismatched in other ways. It could be your interests of what you want to explore. Maybe it's a power exchange. Someone that I had a conversation with two months ago, she really got in touch with the fact that she loved being in that submissive headspace. She loved it. She wanted her partner to be dominant, to step into that place in a safe, secure environment to treat her, in her words, as a slut, to spank her, to use dirty talk, to tie her up. She wanted to give her power, share her power with her partner and have him take control. And he didn't want any of it. The way he grew up, the way he was raised was, this is bad. This is wrong. I have to be super respectful. I have to be super loving. I have to be super sensitive. I have to be super soft with my partner. And she's like, oh my goodness, just choke me. That mismatched sex drive or interest is something that's so common. And number seven is that dreaded pleasure gap, otherwise known as orgasm gap. So your partner enjoys sex, they have a lot of fun, they have a lot of orgasms, and you're like, uh, hey, remember me over here? You know, it takes two people to tango usually, and we should all be having fun. But sometimes you're stuck with a partner that either can't see that and is focused on only their own pleasure, is selfish, doesn't care about you, doesn't expect you to enjoy it. That's the way it's always been. And you're just at a loss. You're struggling. Or you may have a partner that is very generous, that is very concerned 
that wants to provide pleasure to quote-unquote give you orgasms. But as we know, orgasms aren't given. They are yours to share with your partner. But there's just a mismatch. You're not feeling connected. You're not feeling aroused. You're not feeling that place where you can let yourself go to enjoy that most extreme pleasure in that orgasmic bliss. It could look like you orgasm when you're by yourself, but you don't orgasm when you're with a partner. What does that look like? So this is something that is unfortunately rampant and I hear lots of. Those are the seven most common challenges that I hear from people. And again, if you hear yourself in any of these, it is okay. You are in the right space. The Sex Life Unleashed community is there for you to support you. There's other women just like you who are grappling with trying to navigate this space. And I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you for the courage that you have to be listening to this, to be taking on your sex life. And one of the challenges was that guilt shame in wanting to focus on this or spending time focusing on this. And now... Shed all of that. You are amazing. You are here to shine. You are here to grow in all aspects of your life, including sexually. It's okay. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to think, oh, this is the way it is. This is the way it always has to be. Heck, you know, I talk to everybody else in my life and their sex life sucks. So I guess this is just the way it is. No. You are not that person. You do not have to be that person. You are put on this earth to thrive, not just survive, to celebrate, not just tolerate, to explore the edges of what's possible in your life, to explore your fantasies, to explore the things that light you up, that excite you, that part of your brain that hangs out in the back in the dark that you don't tell anyone about. But we all have that place. And it's okay. It's okay to bring that into the sunshine. It's okay to have that, have some oxygen, have some light, give it a voice, let it roar. Whatever that is for you, it's okay. It's okay. And that's it. That's all for today. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. If there was a time in listening to the episode where you felt sad or ashamed or upset, it is okay. Don't worry. You are not alone. And I want to invite you to join the waitlist for the Sex Life Unleashed Academy. It is something that I am so excited about. It's so powerful in transforming what's not working in your sex life. You can get on the waitlist by visiting sexlifeunleashed.com waitlist, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. And remember, the more we understand about ourselves and each other, the less we have to fear, the more love is here. So here's to happy days and living a sex life unleashed.